really knows my story. No one really knows who I am. Mm -hmm. And I, that, it was kind of an introduction as to who I am. Like, look, this is what I've been through. And this is what my mission is, is to, is to take the shame out of sharing paranormal encounters. It, you shouldn't be ashamed. You should be like, no, I saw this. I know I saw it with my own two, not, my own two eyes. You know what I mean? And, and not be ashamed anymore. We, we got to stop that. Paranormal experiencer Marie Stevens could be described as a reluctant author, but her book, The Boogeyman Chronicles, has certainly created plenty of interest. She's penned a collection of her own experiences after strong prompting from people close to her. And although reluctant, she produced this book and she's joining us to talk about the book and hopefully share some of her experiences with us today. Hi, Marie. Hi, how are you? Great, great to have you with us. Um, the Boogeyman Chronicles, why did you decide to write the book in the end? Um, a lot of different reasons. I, of course, I was, I'm, I'm a very private person. I don't really put myself out there a lot, but my, um, my, you know, every once in a while I would kind of share a story here and there like, oh, I've had paranormal encounters too. And I would, you know, put a little few things out there and people were like, what else? And they wanted to know more of the story. And I was always really reluctant to, to share that because, you know, I was I was scared. I, I, you know, we we grow up being ashamed of sharing our paranormal experiences. I then um, a few years ago started to, to listen to, to paranormal podcasts and I realized there's a lot of people um, that have paranormal encounters. It's 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 either that one person that had that one that one UFO encounter or it's like me who have had a lifetime. Um, or they lived in a house and, you know, for a few years they were, you know, tormented by something. Um, but there's a lot of people and I wanted to, um, make it so that it's, it's, it, it, I wanted to take the shame out of, you know, cause every time I heard someone yeah. on the podcast, they would be like, well, I haven't told this story. And it kind of sounded like me. And I'm like, gosh, we got to stop this. We got to stop being scared of paranormal encounters because, of sharing our paranormal encounters because it's just part of life. It's, it's, it, there's a lot out there. And so I started my own podcast to kind of be a safe space mm -hmm. for people who want to share their paranormal encounters. And you can be anonymous if you want, you don't have to show your face. You don't have to show your, you know, show your name or anything, but just, you know, I, it, it's almost like therapy talking it out makes you feel a little better, gives you a little closure or something or a little bit more peace. And so I wanted that for people. I, I wanted that. Uh, I wanted that for myself. I, I wanted that for other people. So I created my podcast. And then, as I was having guests on, I realized I was kind of jumping in, going, "Oh yeah, I've been through that." And I realized no one really knows my story. No one really knows who I am. Mm -hmm. And I, that, it was kind of an introduction as to who I am. Like, look, this is what I've been through, and this is what my mission is: is to is to take the shame out of sharing paranormal encounters you shouldn't be ashamed. You should be like, no, I saw this. I know I saw it with my own two, not, my own two eyes, you know what I mean? And, and not be ashamed anymore. We, we got to stop that. And I spoke with, uh, when I interviewed Erin uh, Montgomery, who produced a book uh, called Dirty Little Secrets, and her mission when writing the book and talking about her experiences, that she wanted to normalise paranormal experiences. And, and you, you talk about how many people have had you know, a paranormal experience of one kind or the other. I mean, we're talking millions and millions of people. I would go as far as to say it's almost got to the stage where it is normal 
because so many people are having them. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it. You know, I I don't know where it started really to to make people who are having paranormal encounters make them feel um, wrong in some way or bad or crazy. Um, I don't know where that came from. I don't know if it was a religious, was, was it, you know, based in religion, people, people were now saying, oh no, you, you know, there's no such thing as ghosts, uh, because they're the devil or something, you know what I mean? Like what happened or is it, um, was it because of Roswell, you know, people, the government was like, okay, let's make people think they're seeing paranormal stuff, especially UFOs. Let's, let's tell them that they're crazy. Let's tell them that they saw things. Let's, let's make people doubt their own eyes. You know, yeah, and yeah. It, it maybe was a combination of a lot of things, but I also want to par- normalize paranormal encounters and, and again, tell people you're not crazy. You know what you saw, you know what you experienced, especially when it's reoccurring like mine was, um, you know, just it, it's it, like you said, there's there's millions of people like the, from the one person that's had that one encounter to, you know, all the, to all the people that have had several or a lifetime like me. Um, and it never stops, you know, um, right. we have to, we have to take the, the giggle factor out of it. We got to take the shame out of it. It's just, I know what I saw. So when I, now, when I recount my stories to people who may not be a believer, I say it in a very matter of fact way. I, I don't apologize. I don't go, well, you might think I'm crazy. You know, I don't, I don't say that. I just say, yeah, I yeah. had this happen. Yeah. There you go. Believe it or not. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I had a, I had a light bulb moment. Um, not long ago and it takes me a little while I'm a bit slow at times to pick things up but when I first started um, covering uh, this it was just mainly UFOs and then it kind of worked into the alien side and and then I found it fascinating I just wanted to talk to experiences Um, but lately it's been near-death experiences and 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 pre-death experiences but mainly the end the end ears and I'm fascinated that every time they leave their body they talk about communicating through telepathy, you know they 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 can they can they can talk that way, and I thought, well, why wouldn't they? Because we're essentially we are spirit, and and even even when ET comes down and talks to people, it's 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 not vocally, it's it's through the mind. So why wouldn't people be experiencing paranormal experiences when, as I said, basically we are spirit, and and, and that's who they're connecting with. Exactly. Yeah. I, I believe my theory, you know, like I said, we're, we're, we're always going to be trying to figure out the paranormal from generations on, you know what I mean? People, you know, back the, the Celtic people, you know, our ancestors, uh, my indigenous ancestors, we're all, we're all trying to figure out what is this? What is this? What is the spirit? What is this ghost? What is the failing? What is it? What is it? And my theory is, is that the, we live people, I, it's, I liken it to like, scrooge and mm-hmm. the ghost of christmas past you know he he brings them to to all these you know homes and nobody can see him but he can see everybody and that's how i i kind of when i do medium work that's kind of how it is for me i mean i i've had spirits come up to me and go oh hey you can see me awesome great so anyways and then they just start talking to me they, they want to be seen and so i think the veil is 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 pretty thin um I'm trying to put it into the right words. Like I believe that we are walking around and there's stuff going on all around yeah, us, but we can't see it because we're not, our eyes aren't trained. You know, they say that cats can see ghosts, you know, cause <laughs> they have that kind of vision. Well, we don't have that kind of vision, you know? And so I, I think really that from my experience and being a medium and being so sensitive to everything, 
um, there's stuff going all around, like going on all around us, but we just aren't, you know, either taught or maybe whatever reason we're not, you know, our little lizard brain isn't, um, you know, able to see those things, you know, maybe we, you know, but I, I really believe though, that like, when we say we had a gut feeling, I believe that there's a kernel of that sensitivity in all of us. So I, I, you know, whether, whether or not you're a medium like me, or you just kind of get that little tinkle of a, of a feeling, you're not too sure about something, um, something creeps you out, you know, I, I think there's a kernel of sensitivity or I don't want to say psychic, but you know what I mean? Like intuitiveness or, you yeah. know what I mean? There's something yeah. I, I think primal that's been in us. That's been in us for ages. You know what I mean? I, I think it's, it went back to the Neanderthals. Like it, it's just, it's just something that's in us. Yeah. And um, you know, you've only got to look at, uh, look at a baby uh, up until, you know, maybe a year old or perhaps a bit older and, and you're often you're often there staring at them, and they're looking straight past you, and suddenly they'll smile and they'll giggle and they'll laugh, and and but they're not looking at you; they're looking at whatever's behind you. So, I still think they've got a connection to the other side, you know, in their first year or so of life. Absolutely. I mean, you 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 uh, you see these kids that uh, I mean, say that say the most terrifying things, you know, if you don't if you're not really prepared for it, and they're talking about grandma who passed away 20 years ago. You know what I mean? They, they, grandmas come in, talk to them. Uh, grandpa too, you know, grandpa came in and seen me. Well, grandpa's been dead for, you know, uh, 10 years. So, so how, you know what I mean? How would he know about grandpa or, you know, whoever? So I, I firmly believe that. I, I don't know why, but I, I firmly believe that kids up until what they say, the age of five or so um, have that ability to see things. And, and I definitely think that was probably one of my cases as well you know yeah so so when did it all start for you very young um i was i was really really i was still a baby my mom remembers me talking to something so there you go Mm -hmm. um she would she would hear me she put her ear to my her ear to my door and she would hear me talking like just like actually like talking to she didn't hear another voice but she heard me like very directly like asking questions and stuff like that so that kind of creeped her out she was just kind of like when I heard you do that I was just like okay I don't want to know what's going on in there um but she would open the door no nobody would be there of course she couldn't see anything but um the first really scary encounter that I had was um it's my dog in the back sorry (laughs) my first scary encounter um was uh I was I was old enough to stand up in the crib and I remember I was standing up in the crib, but I remember I, I saw something floating. So I was, I was pointing at it, you know, I was upset by it. I was pointing at it, but yet I remember, I have a very distinct memory of being the thing that was floating, looking down and I could see everything. I could see me standing in the crib. I could see my, my whole room. I could see the diaper pail, you know, the, the nappy pail. I, I could see I could see everything and I, I knew the wallpaper and everything. And I, you know, would talk, tell my mom about this. And she was like, how would, how did you know what that looked like? You were just a baby. And I'm like, mm-hmm. I saw it. And then about a year or so later, um, same thing happened. I was, um, I was, uh, it was Easter. I was in my little Easter dress mm-hmm. <laughs> on my little purple tricycle, you know, and I remember my uh, mom and sibling, they were, trying, they were desperately trying to get me to like hide eggs and look for them. And I would, I think I needed a nap. I was just like not having it. But um, I remember um, just being terrified by something because I remember 
you know, being the little kid looking down or looking up and looking at something. And I still remember looking down and seeing everything, everybody. And I don't know what that was. I asked Paul yep. Eno, um, who is a paranormal investigator, well-known in, in the States at least, but um, he worked with the Warrens. And I asked him, I, I said, Paul, what, what, what was that? And he said, I don't know. I've never really heard much of anything like that. He said, maybe, and he kind of took a stab and he said, maybe in the multiverse, you were, um, you know, you had a shifting identity point and you just kind of split and, you know, had that moment. I don't, mm -hmm. I don't know. I don't know what that was. I still to this day don't know what that was. So if you have any idea, please let me know. <laughs> no, no, I was, I was thinking was it was, I mean, it sounded a bit like a, a, an out of body experience, but um, you were still, you, you were still aware in your crib as well as being up there. Yeah. Yeah. I wasn't dead. I wasn't sleeping. It was an astral project. I mean, who knows, maybe we can do those things and we don't know we can. I don't mm -hmm. know. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I was, I mean, I don't tell this very often, but I was uh, just over five and, and going to my first day at, um, at school and I was walking, my mum walked me down the side of the house with my little brother and we got out onto the pavement and then she, she walked about 10 yards in front of me and I just stood there and all of a sudden everything just slowed down and and I was like in a, in my own little bubble, and and the the strong I just had this strong sense, and and, and my mum I heard my mum kind of like a distant voice, although she was only ten yards away, say, "Come on, Dean, come on," and I said, "I don't do I have to do this again? Another another twelve years of school?" And she was, and I still remember her face. She was absolutely shocked. Because in Australia, you do seven years of elementary and five years of high school. And that was my first day of school. And then as soon as I said that, everything just dissipated and we went back to normal. I couldn't explain that. I've had several encounters like that um, when I was a kid. I would be playing with my Barbies. You know, I'd be kind of like in kid mode, I guess, just playing with my Barbies. And all of a sudden I would stop and I'd be like, why am I a kid? Why am I in this body? Mm -hmm. I would look in the mirror as a little kid and be like, this isn't me. Who, why am I a kid? I would get like really angry. I was a kid. I was like, wait a minute. I was an adult just not too long ago. Why am I in a kid's body? Yeah. So I used, so I, I don't understand, you know, really a lot about reincarnation in the traditional sense, but yet at the same time, I'm just kind of like, I had these weird encounters as a kid. I had very distinct memories of like being in the forties and twenties uh, and all that stuff. So it's, yeah. it's really, I don't know. I had the same kind of the same thing. Yeah. Well, I mean, the book is fascinating. Um, and I've, I've isolated about five um, of the chapters here. And I just was hoping you'd kind of look at each one on their own. And the, what, the first one that caught my attention was Grandma's Place. What, what was that about? Uh, so I had a grandmother who uh, and, and grandfather that lived in Miami. So we used to drive down and go visit them. And um, from very early on, something was there that did not like me, very malicious. And I remember it pulling my hair. I remember pushing me. I remember something rushing up to me. I would be in the hallway by myself and I would feel like, it's like someone, you know, when someone runs up to you, you could feel like a gush of air. Mm -hmm. And then also, you know, someone standing there, you're just like, what, you know, it was kind of like that. Um, I remember it would terrify me. I would, you know, they would all be like in the kitchen and I would be in the, in the hallway uh, closet getting into trouble. And uh, I remember something rushing up to me, like, like, like a linebacker. And I'm a little kid, you know, and something's mm -hmm. rushing up to me. And I, I freaked out and I, ran, I just ran. Um, and the scariest encounter that I had there was 
I was about nine years old and my dad was moving on with another woman. So it was stepmom number two, wife number three. And I'm laying there and I'm, you know, my, my stepmom, my second stepmom, she, or my first stepmom, she actually sent me to go stay with her mom and dad because in Miami, because I was just so emotional about the divorce. Mm -hmm. So she was like, okay, just go there because she needed some space. I needed space. So she sent me there. I remember one night and there was a, there was plenty of light in the room. Could see everything perfectly, but this was one of the really bad rooms when they get the guest room. And I remember I woke up, my grandma's sleeping next to me and she's sleeping like a truck driver snoring away. You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> she don't know nothing's going on. And I remember I, um, I'm laying there and I wake up out of a sound sleep. Don't know why. And I sit up on my elbows and I'm just kind of looking around like, why am I awake? And then all of a sudden I just kind of lay back down, hoping to go back to sleep. And within seconds of this, every inch of me was plastered to the bed could not move all the air was being sucked out of my lungs and I couldn't breathe and it felt very malicious in nature it wasn't like I was having some sort of seizure it was like it was just like something was coming in you know Mm -hmm. trying to get me and I remember um just you know laying there you know not able to breathe and I remember kind of looking up going what is doing this and I kind of saw not with my eyes but I kind of saw like a Voldemort type creature Uh, you know, at the end of the bed, like something was intent on killing me, whatever this thing was that always picked on me, it was, it was going to kill me this time. And I didn't really know much. I wasn't a Christian. I didn't really know much about God or anything like that, but I did cry out in my own desperation. And as soon as I did, it it all lifted and I could, I could breathe again. So yeah, Yeah. it was terrifying. Yeah. That's, that's fascinating. What about the roommate? My roommate, um, a good friend of mine, I'm still talking to him. We still, we still talk to each other, but um, yeah, that was a really strange encounter. Something I, I'd never heard before, never seen before, never been through before, but I was probably about 16, 17. And I was, um, it was like two bedrooms. So I slept in the room with my mom and I remember uh, our roommate slept in the guest room. And I remember we had Advil in a cabinet and he always had headaches, a neck aches and headaches. So he would eat Advil like candy. And so he he would always come in. He'd be like, hey guys, you know, he'd come in and just get some Advil and then leave. Well, one night in the middle of the night, it was like three something, four something maybe. Um, and again, plenty of light coming in from the security light. And all of a sudden I hear this rummaging and I look over and I see my roommate our roommate, you know, rummaging through the cabinet and he's being extra noisy, which was really mm-hmm. strange. Like, like, like whatever it was, wanted me to wake up, wanted me to see it. So I remember I wake up and again, I sit on my elbows and I look and I say, and I call his name. I'm like, you know, Hey, Hey, what, what are you doing? And I'm not kidding you. This entity doppelganger, I don't know what it was literally turned and looked at me. I could see, and he had a beard and mustache mm-hmm. and, and he was dark haired. And I could see everything perfectly, see his face, see his eyes. He literally looked at me and then vanished into thin air. Wow. And I was like, <gasps> I didn't know what to do, you know? So I just was like, okay. And I just laid down and, my, and I think I woke my mom up and she, she kind of barked at me like, go back to sleep. And I remember um, the next morning I told her, I said, mom, I said, I saw 
our roommate come in and do, and then it vanished. And she just said, don't tell him because you'll freak him out. Well, later on, I told him and he did freak out. He was like, what, what do you mean? And I said, yeah, I, I saw something that looked like you, but it wasn't you. Yeah. <laughs> and um, so, yeah, that was, that was scary. Yeah, it sounded like a doppelganger, very scary. Um, have you, have you heard of, uh, of uh, a place called the Stardust Ranch? Yes. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah, they uh, they tell similar stories there of, of doppelgangers being, you know, one of the uh, the, the biggest paranormal events there, and uh, they really do send a chill up your spine. It's just uh, uh, just amazing. Yeah, it's it's really interesting. Whatever this entity was or is, whatever that uh, is able to replicate a person, even mm-hmm. sound like them at times. I mean, that's that's terrifying. Yeah, yeah. John Edmonds had there was one story. Um, where he, he he was having lunch with his wife or so he thought for an hour they sat together and spoke and, and ate and then she got up and went to the bathroom and then he got a call on his phone and it was his wife and she said why didn't you pick me up <laughs> he said what he said you've been sitting with me for an hour what do you mean I didn't pick you up and uh, it, it was a doppelganger experience and so that's that just yeah. crazy what about uh, a chapter called The Greys, which uh, most of our audience will probably um, identify with? Well, this this particular story was my mom's story. She she I included some of my mom's stories and my dad's stories. And so my mom in the late 60s, she was probably about mid, mid-20s at that point. Um, she had just married my dad and she already had two kids from another marriage. So um, anyway, one night in San Diego, San Diego, California, one night, probably I think it was about 1968 or so, she wakes up and she's in a craft with a very tall gray showing mm-hmm. her around. Now, my mom is about five, six. So this gray was way taller than her. She said it was a good, probably six foot. Mm-hmm. This gray, <laughs> she's, excuse me, she got a, um, she got uh, an impression that the gray was female, which I know we don't assign genders to these things, but yeah. she got a strong impression that it was female. She also got a strong impression that it was in charge of everything because she, I guess she saw grays in her periphery and they were smaller and kind of, I guess, maybe lower ranking. But she said this gray was wearing a blue, shimmery blue tunic. Mm. And she remembered it like it was, it took a lot to get my mom to talk about this dream that she had because it really scared her. And I remember I, um, I, I would, you know, come on, tell me about that. Cause it was, it was, it was kind of that scary ghost story where you wanted to hear it, but yet it was scary. Yeah. So I would, and she would shake when my mom would tell the story, she would literally shake. She was that scared. And I've never seen my mom scared. My mom was scared of nothing, but mm-hmm. she was scared of this dream encounter. And she said, this gray had a shimmery blue tunic, it looked like a bathroom. And it was uh, crossed over, had a belt and had like bell sleeves on. And she said there was some sort of insignia or something, you know, how, like when generals have the bars, you know, it had something like that. And she said the gray was showing her around and she said everything was very smooth, brushed metal. There was no knobs, levers, buttons, switches, nothing was sticking out. And she said this, this gray put something, it was probably like the size of a coaster, you know, the size of, you know, she put it in her hand. But it was this, it was this circular thing that looked very much like the seal of the United States. Mm-hmm. And if you look on American dollar bill, you'll see the eagle with the shield 
and the arrows and the the the, the olive branch. Yep. It kind of had something similar on that. And my mom remembers she go, oh, we have something like that at home. And then the dream dream turned, and then she's walking into a lift elevator with this gray. And this gray, um, they go up in, in in this in this lift, and all of a sudden she said, and she said, and just like Star Trek, the doors went. Psh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so they the door doors yep. open like that. They walk out into this dimly lit room. And it had seats and you know everything like that, but there was this this I guess a control panel of sorts. And my mom says she's she and, and you know up to this point my mom was all dreamy and kind of awestruck, and she was like, well look at that, you know, she was all like happy. And then she said, and my mom said with its long skinny fingers, you know, it went like this across the control panel, and the whole entire room and ship lit up and powered up. Wow! It turned it, it powered its own ship. And it lit up, uh, the room lit up, came, you know, the, the, the ship powered up, no, no, no buttons, no nothing. It just mm-hmm. went like this and everything was just powered right up. And my mom said, she said, when I saw that, <laughs> I was mm-hmm. fine until I saw that. She said, but when I saw that, that was when I realized this thing could kill me Yeah. and I couldn't stop it. When I saw this, you know, and then everything mm-hmm. came to, you know, she said, this thing could kill me if it wanted to, and I couldn't stop it. And then that's when my mother in this you know next to the gray she saw this and she just came unglued she woke up from her stupor you know and she woke up she was like i want to go home i want to go home i want to go home and then and the gray telepathically reassured her telling her you're okay we're not here to hurt you you're fine you're not in any danger don't worry you know you're you're okay don't worry and and my mom was at this point inconsolable because she had seen enough you know she saw this and that was it so she panicked she freaked out. She then, I guess, passed out. Something happened. They maybe knocked her out. I don't know. But she remembers waking up, sitting up in her bed. And she kind of came to. And then she went, oh, my gosh. And then she remembered the dream. So she mm-hmm. ran to the window um, that was above her and my dad's bed. And she went to the window and parted the curtains and looked out because she thought that there was going to be a craft out there. She was so yeah. sure of it. Yeah. So she's, she's convinced that was a real experience? You know, I, I had to try to convince her because she would not really admit it. She kept calling it a nightmare. She said, I had a dream. I had a nightmare. Um, she said it was, you know, everything. And I said, but mom, I don't think that was a dream. And she would say, don't say that. Don't say that. Mm-hmm. So, uh, but this was a full 10 or more years before uh, Close Encounters, before Whitley Street First Communion, right. <laughs> before anyone really knew what a gray was or looked like. Yeah, um, yeah. And it was a full, I guess, year or so before even Star Trek. So she didn't even know. So when she saw Star Trek and she saw the doors go, <laughs> right. you know, she was kind of like, what? And then she saw Close Encounters. And as soon as she saw those aliens come out of the craft, she was like, that's what I saw. That's what I saw. Wow. And, and I remember yeah. being in a bookstore when we had bookstores <laughs> mm-hmm. before Amazon. I remember being in a bookstore in a mall. And I remember we were standing there talking about something and her eyes were fixed on a book. And I was just, I was looking at her. I was like, what are you looking at? And I looked at the book and it was Whitley Streeper's communion with the gray and the yeah. eyes and everything. Yeah. And she, she froze. And again, she recognized took, it. Yeah. It overtook my mom. And I, I looked at her and I said, are you okay? She goes, 
no, no, I'm, and, and she just kind of had a little bit of a panic attack and I had to push her out of the store and get her away from mm-hmm. it. She, and I said, what, what is with that picture? And cause I, it, it didn't bother. I mean, I don't like it. It was scary. It's scary to anybody, but yeah. she yeah. had something personal with it. And I said, what is with you in that, that book, that, that picture. And she was just like, that's what I saw in that dream. She said, I had a dream about these things and that, that's what I saw. And she just shook all over. Wow. Okay. And did, did she ever have that, that encounter again? Did they ever visit her again? She never re- re- recounted anything. I think maybe it just scared her too bad. And if she did, she didn't remember it. Mm-hmm. But she, yeah, she never really had any encounters. And I, I've had one uh, UFO encounter and that was it for me. So, yeah. Had, so far. Was, was that just a, a sighting or was it, was it an, an actual um, um, contact experience? It was a sighting um, and it was not... You know, my mother, compared to my encounter, my mother's encounter was like teddy bear's picnic. It was right. like super sweet and fun. And mine, mine was not like that. Mine was really terrifying. I was, it was about 1995. I was about 18 or so. And I remember I was about to go to this. My mom at this point was a Christian and our roommate was a Christian. They, they wanted to go to this home church and I was tired of it. I didn't want to go there because I was sick of the whole thing and I didn't like mm-hmm. the people you know they were hypocrites and I was just like oh god I don't want to go in there so um I told my mom I said I'm staying out here I'm not going in there she said okay fine you're you're, you're you know don't worry about it she said but if anything happens you know this isn't the best neighborhood so if anything happens come in don't stay out here so I was like yeah I got it whatever so then I'm outside <clears throat> and the home church is behind me you know the apartment complex whatever and it's behind me and I'm sitting, I'm, I'm actually standing in front of this pond. And if you're in the South as you are, and you know, when those toads start croaking, mm-hmm. yep. <laughs> it's deafening. You, that's all you hear is, you know, and there's thousands of them. So that's yep. all you hear. So it's deafening. So that's, I was hearing toads. I was probably hearing other little critters. Um, uh, you know, I was hearing, you know, uh, street noise. I was hearing neighborhood noise. I was hearing a lot. That, so it was very, very noisy. So I remember standing there at this pond going, and I'm, uh, this is happening within half seconds, but I'm going to draw it out a bit just to explain it. So I remember standing at this pond, realizing I'm going to be here for four hours because this was a very long church meeting. And I remember looking up at the sky and noticing there was no moon. There was no stars, no clouds. And in this part of the South, we, we had clouds, you know, there, mm-hmm. oh, at night we had clouds. There's always clouds, no clouds, no nothing. And the sky looked very inky black. Mm-hmm. It was, it was a funny, like a felt look. Yeah. It was very fuzzy looking. And I, I didn't, I, I was like, what's, what's with the sky, you know? And I remember I kept getting waves of terror, fear, terror, run you're in danger panic oh my god you know and I had panic attacks at this time so I thought okay I'm just having anxiety I'm, I'm working myself up I'm getting anxious over nothing okay calm down calm so I would calm down but then all of a sudden this rush of fear so I was just like oh my god what is that and it felt literally like someone was stalking me so I'm looking all around you know trying to see past yep. these bright lights and I'm trying to look and, and no, no one's you know there's no one there but then all of a sudden I noticed there's no sound. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All the sound on the planet has been muted. I hear absolutely nothing. It's deafening, quiet, you know. So I remember weird sky, rushy, you know, rush of fear, looking around, and then all of a sudden it's there's no there's no sound. Where did sound go? 
And I remember looking up again and I remember seeing a thin strip of clouds that it wasn't there a half second ago. And I'm like, where, where did that come from? And I remember it was, you know, real thin strip. And I remember I saw three lights that were doing this very intricate formation. Mm-hmm. Yep. And I remember, I just, I looked at the lights for a second and I remember my mom used to always say, and our, you know, cause we didn't live in Los Angeles where there was the Oscars and all that mm-hmm. stuff. So I immediately thought it was spotlights, you know, those big spotlights that yeah. go up from the yeah. ground and they, they yep. hit the clouds and you can see them moving. And I thought it was that. So I dismissed it. Cause my mom, my mom always said, um, whenever she saw something like that, she would always say, Oh, a car dealership's having a sale. So I, um, when I saw that, I went, Oh, car dealership's having a sale, whatever, you know, and I couldn't be bothered because this weird feeling kept coming over me and there's no sound now. What the heck, you know? So I'm like, Oh, car dealerships having a sale and I turned my head to look to see if anyone because I felt another rush of fear and I remember I went like this and something telepathically said look at the lights again Hmm. and I went (laughs) I looked at the lights and I gave them a real good look and sure enough there was no beams going up they weren't hitting the clouds they were inside the clouds yeah um and they were still doing this very, and they were very bright. And of course I'm debunking in my head. Okay. Not an airplane, not a helicopter. There was no drones like the, like we have today. So I'm looking at this going, what the F am I looking at? You know, and I just see it and this is silent, no noise. Yeah. I mean, this very intricate and, and it's not running into each other. It's not cr- perfectly in this like intricate figure eight pattern of sorts. Yeah. And I remember as soon as my brain, whatever was here was connected to my brain and I, we were connected in some way telepathically because as soon as I went, Hey, wait a minute, you know, as soon as I knew something wasn't right, it went, you know, it, it, it stopped the lights, the three lights went from like this intricate pattern yep. and it yep. stopped. And then they just started following each other in a perfect circle. Mm-hmm. Like it, like it, like it was like, Oh, she sees us. Yay. You know, yeah. it yeah. wanted to be seen. And how often do we hear, do we hear people say that? Mm-hmm. Exactly. It wanted to be seen. It was so strange. It was, it was like, I, I liken it to like a bully on a playground where they mm-hmm. kind of walk in and they're kind of, they see the little, you know, the, the, maybe the, the, the kid that everyone picks on and they, you know, or the guy that walks into a bar and kind of is looking for a fight. It mm-hmm. kind of had that energy to it. It was like confrontational. And this thing went, you know, like this, and then it just went in a circle and just kind of s- s- stayed there. Like, it was like, yeah, you see us. We're not supposed to be here. And I kept hearing this. We're not supposed to be here. And we know, you know it. Wow. Yeah. And I went, what the, you know, and I got, I got really fight. I'm a feisty Southern girl. So I got real mad at this. I'm like, you don't come to my planet and pick on me. I don't know who you think you are. So um, uh, again, <laughs> being raised in the, you know, the Christian fundamentalist church, anytime you want to make something bad go away you say in the name of Jesus, you know, get out of here. And yeah. so that's all I knew what to do. So I said, in the name, I said, you're not supposed to be here because it is cl- very clearly plain, like, like it was violating some sort of rule. Mm-hmm. It knew it wasn't supposed to be here. It was like sneaking or something. And yeah. it said, we're not supposed to be here. We know, you know it. And I went, oh, don't you dare do that to me. You know, and I got mm-hmm. mad and I said, in the name of Jesus, you can't hear right now. And I screamed yeah. at this yeah. thing. And the angrier I got, very interesting, it was connected to me in some way because the angrier that I got, the quicker the light sped up. Mm-hmm. So the more I was like, what? You know, it was like, yeah. you know, and it started going really, really fast. And then as I screamed at this thing and kind of 
you know, called it out and told it to go away. It went and flew off out of the clouds that, and it did no sound again. And it moved so fast that if I had blinked, I would have missed it. Thank God my eyes were peeled, you know, it was just like this. And I saw this thing fly away. And of course I, I ran into the, to the home church where my mom was. And I guess I looked white as a sheet or something, but um, I ran in there and I was just trying to get away from people because I didn't want them to know what I had just seen because I knew better. And so mm. I ran to like the, like the, like a corner where there was like a staircase of, you know, and I just kind of hugged my knees because I was so freaked out. It was like, what yeah. did I just see? Yeah. And my mother saw me and she came around the corner and she was like, what's wrong with you? What did you, what happened? And I said, mom, I saw something. I saw something. And she said, okay, okay. And she kind of looked over her shoulder at everybody, like make sure like they didn't hear and she said, don't say anything. We'll talk about it when we get home. I said, okay, cool. Got it. So yeah. we went home. Thankfully, we only lived five minutes away, you know. So we, but we went home and I told her everything. <laughs> because of her own encounter, she was like, okay, I believe you. And our roommate was very much into, um, you know, those sorts of things. And he believed in UFOs. So he was like, wow, okay, yeah. But I, I didn't tell anyone because my mom said, look, we hang around a lot of fundamentalist mm-hmm. people that don't quite understand this. So yeah. she was like, don't tell them, don't tell anybody, don't tell them it's, it's none of their business. And, and, and they're going to say, you brought the devil and you know what I mean? Just weird stuff. Mm-hmm. So just don't say anything. So I said, cool. I got it. So anyways, the next week, <clears throat> the next weekend, I mean, they had another meeting. And so I show up, I'm not about to stay outside. I know better now. <laughs> so I go and I'm sitting on the end of this very long couch and I'm sulking. I don't want to be there. I hate this place, but I'm not, I'm not going to go outside. What if they come back, you know? So anyway, in walks the parents of my very recent ex-boyfriend, we only dated briefly, but it was, it kind of didn't end well. Anyway, they didn't really care for me. I didn't care for them. We were just kind of not talking to each other. But these people were super, 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 they were like super Christians. They were very fundamentalist. They were very Mm -hmm. religious. Um, They never let anything but the Bible in their house. Um, Excuse me. They they wouldn't let um, newspapers, magazines. I remember I showed up one day to their house when I was dating their son. And I had a a, a t-shirt with um, a dream catcher on it. And they made me take off the, the dream catcher was of the devil. They made me take off the shirt and they burned it while they were praying and reading scripture. So yeah, these people were kind of out there. So anyway, these people did not believe in UFOs. Everything like that was of the devil. They they didn't get into stuff like that. So that meeting, that next meeting, they walk in and they're clinging to each other, like a couple of scared monkeys. They're just like, and and they they looked absolutely terrified, traumatized, zombified mm-hmm. i mean they just did not look right and we were and everyone was like what is what uh, you know we were all talking like what is up with them and everyone's watching them sure to, and they did the, the whole meeting they just clung to each other finally by the end of the meeting it was so scary and apparent that um my everyone at the meeting was like okay you know, like kind of daring people to go talk to them so someone volunteered someone went in says, okay, I'll get to the bottom of this. So they went up to him and, you know, at, at the end of this meeting, they, we, we get up and, you know, drink coffee and eat cake or cookies or chips or, you know, whatever, just, mm-hmm. you know, conversing. And they didn't get up. They did, they usually got up. They usually talked to people. They were pretty, you know, friendly. They were, you know, especially the, the husband, he was very boisterous. And so they didn't get up. 
they were just sitting, they sat right on that couch and they did not move and they just clung to each other and they just looked zombified. I mean, they, they were just like in shock, mm -hmm. shell shock. And um, <clears throat> I remember someone went up to them and said, hey, you guys okay? Do you need prayer or something? And I remember these, they, they looked up at this person so pitifully because everything in their world had just been turned upside down, Yeah, you know? Yeah. They, they, they wake up every morning and they say, no, it's only Jesus and, and the Bible and this and, and the devil and that's it. So when something like this happened, they didn't know what to think. And so they looked up at him so pitifully and it took a long time, but they finally went, we saw something, we saw something, we saw something, we saw something. And they couldn't stop saying it. They were so traumatized. Finally, they got out of this loop of saying, we saw something, we saw something. And they their story was as follows. They drove home the same night that I had seen the lights. So they're driving home. They had further to go. On their way home, they said something very heavy and metallic landed on the roof of their truck. Now wow. they had a tiny little truck, yep. tiny little yep. pickup truck. Something very, like a, like, a, like a heavy metal trash can went playing on the top of their truck, the, 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 the roof. And they said this thing proceeded to lift the front, try to steal their car basically with them in it. And this thing, they said that this thing lifted their car, the front end of their car for about a half mile. And of course they, them being the super Christians that they were, they were of course praying in the name of Jesus, blah, 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 you know, worrying mm -hmm. and just kind of praying this thing. And they said, finally, this thing finally unlatched. You could feel it and flew away. I don't know, but they said that this something tried to pick up their truck. Wow. Yeah. Probably <laughs> so, the probably the same ets that you encountered probably i mean the ones that i came that came at me i think for for me i mean they probably got a little bit more with it than what they bargained for you know but mm -hmm. i mean they they tried to pick on me and they couldn't pick on me so they i guess went and found someone else to pick on yeah yeah i don't know but yeah, yeah. it was pretty terrifying yeah marie is, is there a history of uh, paranormal experiences in your family uh you, you know your parents your grandparents your siblings do they all have these abilities um, I know my middle sibling had an encounter. They, they saw a shadow person that tried to attack them at night mm -hmm. in the hallway. Um, but this was a, in another place. Um, they also were somewhat sensitive. I remember them telling me that they would pick up on things. So I think they, they, they feel things and pick up on things, but I don't really talk to my siblings much. So, um, that was, that was apparent. That was, that was, that was enough for me. When I heard them say that I was like, okay, um, I'm not too sure about my grandparents. Um, they died before I met them. Um, my mother did though. My mother is my mother and I are both neurodivergent or both autistic and have ADHD. And mm -hmm. um, there's a very strong correlation between neurodivergence and ESP. Mm -hmm. And my mother recalls when she was little, she would stay in an old because she she was born in North Carolina. My my people are North 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 and South Carolina respectively. So she would go down to South Carolina to visit family. And they would stay in this old farmhouse and she said she would see things and feel things there. So she was seeing things and feeling things even as a kid, you know, yeah. herself. Yeah. Wow. Um, there's a, there's a strong consensus now. There's been, you know, studies done that paranormal of all paranormal events, whether they be UFOs, whether they be ghosts, um, anything of, of that nature are all related they're all interrelated in some way. Would, is that something that, 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 that you believe? Absolutely. I mean, 
you just look at the, the stories of uh, Skinwalker Ranch and, you know, and several other people. I mean, they have, the, you know, here they have a, a UFO encounter and then all of a sudden they start having poltergeist activity in their house. Um, I talked to Kathleen Martin um, and I actually recorded an episode for my podcast, but the audio didn't record. So I have to re-record it with her at some point, but she was talking about um, uh, many encounters that she and her family had with ETs, uh, you know, seeing UFOs and whatnot. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden having uh, poltergeist activity in the house um, that yeah. she was growing up in and uh, married in and stuff like that. She, she, she said that, you know, people that have UFO encounters sometimes report it feels like a cat is walking on the bed yeah. at night when you're sleeping. Yeah. And so she had that encounter. She said, we were seeing, you know, because of her aunt Betty, um, they, they, you know, they had, they had periodic encounters with ETs or, or, you know, dreams, dreams, encounters, whatever. And she said her and her husband were sleeping. And then all of a sudden they, they wake up and, they feel like something's walking on the bed and the cat wasn't in there. And then she talked about a college boyfriend um, who was uh, was staying with her family and her. And she she said that uh, he came screaming out of the bedroom, I guess, one night because all the hangers and the, the closet came flying out at him. Wow. Um, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, I definitely believe that all of those are connected. I mean, and, and we, we're now starting to see you know, Sasquatch encounter, you know, Sasquatch sightings along with UFO type high strangeness. So I, I really, I do. I, like I said, I believe all this stuff is happening in this sort of realm around us that we don't really, we're not in tune to, because we're just focusing on our day, you know? Mm -hmm. And, um, and how many times have you heard about people having UFO encounters and only certain people see them? It's right there. Yeah. And some people yeah. can see them yep. and some people can't. So. Yep. No, that's, uh, well, I hear that a lot actually. Um, just before we uh, we close it off, uh, talk a little bit or tell us a bit about the backyard humanoid. What what was that about? Still to this day, I don't know what that thing was. Um, but we lived in a very kind of haunted area of the south. It was very swampy. It was very rural, and there was not much out there. Only a few homes. And one night, my middle sibling uh, was babysitting me, or something like that. And uh, they had their friends over. And all of a sudden in our like dimly lit backyard, we saw this figure and this thing was just stand there and it would not move. And it was very ghostly and kind of gaunt looking. And mm -hmm. we still to this day don't know what it was. And it just kind of vanished. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. And you, and you didn't hear of anyone else saying something similar? No, it was so rural that we, we were like the we were like one of the few places like homes on the block. I mean, there was hardly anyone out there, mm -hmm. but we saw this thing. And and I remember um, my sibling and, and their friends were running back and forth from yeah. the bedroom to the kitchen. They were just looking at every, you know, every angle and this thing would not move. It just stayed there. And it was clearly humanoid. I mean, we could see it in the light, but, uh, but yeah, it just vanished. Yeah. It's so strange. Now, what about the people that you counsel? You talk about something called paranormal PTSD. Um, can you, Tell us a little bit about that. Is is that is that like the same as, as having been to war and coming back, and your faculties start to get scrambled, and you, you know you're not you're not quite you're not quite right. 
there's lots of different kinds of PTSD. I mean, I have PTSD from an abusive childhood. Um, you know, I, I, I know people with PTSD from a bad marriage, you know, abusive marriage or relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, and you have combat PTSD. I dated a, a retired combat vet and he had combat PTSD. Um, and I believe there is such a thing as paranormal PTSD. I know I've, I've talked to numerous people who had some sort of encounter and they now have to sleep with the lights on. They, they, you know, like I was talking to Terry Lovelace, as you know, and, you know, mm-hmm. he still, after all this time, sleeps with the light on. Yep. And uh, he won't walk out into an empty field. Um, it's just, you know, and, and too, my mom seeing that picture and it jogged something, you know, and she became anxious. Um, I believe paranormal PTSD is real. It is a thing. And that goes along with normalizing paranormal encounters, talking about them. And, um, and just saying, yeah, I'm, I had this thing, you know, um, you know, attack me when I was a kid in my room and I sleep with the light on still and I'm an adult and you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Or I I still have to put something in front of the closet because something would come out of the closet, you know, or I still have to sleep with the light or the the door open because something would, would shut the door and shut me inside. So I have to have something in front of the door to make sure the door doesn't shut, you know, stuff like that. That is PTSD. You had an encounter, you now have issues of fear and and avoidance from that encounter that's ptsd so you know just because it's from a paranormal encounter doesn't mean it's it's any less of any less traumatic yeah yeah you know i've often often thought thinking back to my school days um there were always kids that seemed always on the outer um you know you'd invite them into the group but they didn't really want to get involved um and i thought about you know maybe there was something going on at home but maybe maybe they were having paranormal experiences like you did as a child yeah it definitely you know growing up having these experiences and not knowing what i was going through really freaked me out and really kind of put me in a state of bewilderment i i walked around thinking should I say anything? Mm-hmm. Or are they going to laugh at me? Is other people having these encounters? Because, you know, on one hand, my mom was in that world. She was a psychic. She was a well-known psychic. She used to work with uh, detectives and uh, attorneys solving cold cases. She was very good. And then on the other hand, I had my dad who did not believe in any of this and my stepmom who didn't believe in any of this and would constantly tell me that I was imagining things. So, um, you know, I, I didn't know what to believe. I, I didn't know if I should believe, you know, should I believe my own eyes? Should I believe my own encounters? I mean, here I was being tormented, you know, daily, nightly by yeah. stuff. And, and you know, I, I just walked around going, are other people going through this? Am I, all, am I the only one? Am I going crazy? You know, should I trust my own? So this whole thing about normalizing paranormal encounters and taking the shame out of it is, is something so close to my heart. It's just something that I've been through and I know that feeling. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, I think I think we're well on the way to to, to normalising it. I mean, how do you feel about um, the sceptics? Do you think they they're not as loud as they used to be because of, of, of the evidence of people actually coming out in droves now and talking about stuff? Yeah, I do. I, I think I think the the Tic Tac video. Um, you know, you, this is the thing. There's always going to be skeptics, and that's fine. That's you know, I I I'm a skeptic too. You know, I, I always call myself a skeptical believer because mm-hmm. I am a skeptic to a certain point, but yet I I can't not be a non-believer because I've seen too much, I've been through too much. But I think there's always going to be those people that no matter what you show them, they're never going to believe it because it really shakes their reality uh, yeah. And, yeah. and it scares them so much. So it's like, okay, fine, you want to live in this little bubble where not the stuff doesn't happen. That's cool. That's cool. I get it. Um, but yet at the same time, 
um, you know, I, I noticed that when the, 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 the tick attack video and other things, you know, when, when the government comes out and says, yeah, there's weird stuff happening and we can't explain it. Exactly. I noticed a lot of those skeptics that was like, there's no such thing as UFOs went, Ooh, okay. Maybe there is something to this, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. So I noticed that, um, as, as time goes on and we are starting to talk about, you know, like podcast great you know what do we need another paranormal podcast yes we do let's you know let's, let's get as many as we can uh t tv shows uh people getting their stories out mm-hmm. eventually those kind of skeptics that are maybe on the fence you know kind of go okay maybe there is something out there yeah. i don't know yeah. what but maybe you know what i mean so again there's always going to be people that just will never admit to it and then there's there's people that say there's something to it but i don't know right Right. The book is called The Boogeyman Chronicles. Um, so that intrigued me, the, the title Boogeyman. So that would uh, suggest to me that a lot of your experiences were kind of bordering on the malevolent side. Yeah. And to Boogeyman, my dad, there was a thing in our house where like my dad would, every time there was something, every time something scary happened or, uh, you know, like say the, the, we would hear a knock or something. My dad would be the boogeyman, the boogeyman's coming, you know, so he, he always made it a thing. So anything scary and I put boogeyman because the boogeyman is different to everybody. Some people had, uh, grays bothering them. Some people had shadow people bothering them. It's, uh, it's all, to me, it all falls under the boogeyman because the boogeyman is something scary. That's malicious in my Mm -hmm. opinion. So I just put the boogeyman chronicles because it was just like one thing after another with me. Yeah, well, congratulations on the book. Is, is uh, number two on the cards? Yes, I'm actually working on several books. I'm working on a book right now, um, two of them especially. Um, I really want to get Indigenous people's stories of the mm-hmm. paranormal because, uh, the you know, Indigenous people have a different view of the paranormal than yeah. a non-Native person. So uh, if you are Indigenous and you have a story, and again, paranormal runs the gamut. It's from cryptids ufos to you know grandma coming and sitting on your bed at night and you know she's been dead for 20 years but she's telling you to get your life right you know what i mean that kind of thing um you know the paranormal is a a big world so um yeah if you're indigenous and you you have stories that you would like to share and and be featured in the book even anonymously that's fine um contact me also i'm writing another book about the correlation between neurodivergence and esp so if you are neurodivergent or know someone who is, and you have stories, um, definitely get in contact with me because I would love to uh, speak with you about it. Yeah. You're talking about Indigenous Americans? Yes. Yeah. I, I'd say a great place to, 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 to look to would be the Indigenous Australians, the Abor- Aboriginals. Uh, amazing, amazing sixth sense in that culture and, uh, and the stories um, that they tell will, yeah. will, just, uh, will just have you glued. Yeah, I've, I've, I've heard a lot of their stories. And, and the first book I want to be, you know, uh, North America, North, North and South America, Central America, Mexico, you know, and, and Canada. And then the second book of uh, stories from Turtle Island, I would like to do indigenous people from Australia, mm-hmm. New Zealand, and, um, and other places of the world. Yeah. So there's, there's two books in there. But yeah, you're, you're definitely right on that. Great. Thanks, Marie. The Boogeyman Chronicles available at uh, all good book outlets. Uh, of course, Amazon is probably where most people will pick it up at. But uh, as I said, congratulations once again. Stay in touch and uh, let's, let's talk again at some stage. Thank you.
Absolutely. Thank you so much. Thank you, Marie. That's Marie Stevens joining us today on the show.